episode 48. 48. It feels great. I want a stage. There's no mistakes. <laughs> um, um, welcome to another episode of Goodnight Harlem. We are your hosts, Law and... Avia. Woo, we got an episode for y'all today. We got a lot to catch up Woo, Chile! Oh. I really love this Woo Chile you introduced me to. I'm un- it's unfortunate that I did it. Can I tell y'all, I didn't even know what Woo Chile was until Law was like, there's a video of a girl talking about Woo Child, but she spells it all kinds of wrong. And this whole time, whenever I saw Woo Chile ever on social media, I'm like, why are people spelling it this way? <laughs> and now I'm just like hooked. Oh, Woo Chile. Um, <laughs> you say Chile. I say Chile. I'm saying Chile. Like a fish fillet. All right. So uh, there's a lot to happen, as you guys all know, over the past week or two. And one of the things we wanted to touch base on, and we're going to start the episode with, is our Hyper Good Nights. Uh, Hyper Good Nights, for those of you that are new to the show, are our way of talking about trending topics. If we hype something, we like it. If we good night it, that means we don't like it. So let's start with the Notre Dame over the past week was burned. And it was burned by mistake. One of the employees burned the roof. It It's catastrophic because that building has been around for ages, literally ancient history. That became a huge news story, so much so that it turned into something that led to crowdfunding and crowdsourcing, and tons of money was thrown at it from all across the world. Uh, I think within the first, what, 24 hours or so, they got maybe a bill? Am I? I could be wrong. I don't know. It was something insane. When you add that euro in, I'm sure. It was something insane. Um, and even 45, a.k.a. Donald Trump, said that he was going to give them money from the U.S. to throw at that. Oh, he's donating some wall money to a church? All of this wow. led to okay. a lot of black Twitter reacting very, very much in opposition to people throwing money at that, specifically on the U.S. end, because there's so much that's happening over here with us. Not only that, but you had people internationally basically saying they've, both the French and the U.K. have colonized multiple areas, and this is almost like a sense of karma. Now, I don't know what's right, I don't know what's wrong, but that's where the hyper good night stems from. So, Avia, let's start with you. Hyper good night to Twitter trivializing the burning of the Notre Dame. Does Flint have any clean water yet? No. I'm a I'm a hype it. I'm a hype it. Because you know what? Look, there's always people that have trillions, billions, and millions, right? And they're donating to a historical landmark. I get it. It's a historical landmark and it's unfortunate what happened. There was already construction being had on the landmark. So it's not like it's kept in its original condition anyway. They were expanding upon it. Um, Everyone wants to tweet about these 81,000 or however many thousand bees that were saved from the rooftop that, oh my gosh, bees don't have lungs, which is why they didn't die from this fire. All they did was sleep from the smoke. Okay, great. I'm so glad that the bees were saved from this fire. I'm so glad. All bees matter. All I'm saying to you is that If you live in America and you know that there are some ailments that our country is going through, whether it be in in Flint not having water or or anyone else, like there's so many people you can help in our own country. What makes you think that your millions could not have gone further in our own country than it would donating it 
to a cathedral that so many other people are donating to because of a fire? What makes you think that your money is being used better into a building than to actual people that need help? And that's where I have to hype the people that trivialize this because honestly, at the end of the day, it is a building. That's really what it is. And maybe I'm taking the meaning and the history out of it. And I don't mean to disrespect it in any sort of way. But when you have people that are really trying to do better for themselves and they can't because of the positions that they found themselves in, when you have people that have, you know, tried to build up their wealth in this country and they are illegal immigrants and then you have uh, Orange 45 trying to kick them out, like something has to be done. And it's like... I hope that if I ever get to a point where I have like seven figures, I can allot my money in a cause that's actually purposeful. And for me, I'm sorry, Notre Dame has never done anything for me. It was beautiful when I visited. I'm sorry that it happened. I'm not going to be one to say how someone should spend their money, but I do believe there are better things to spend it on. And that's just my opinion. So... I'm good nighting this. I'm good nighting the people trivializing yes, it. Yes, okay. I'm absolutely good nighting the people trivializing it, and and here's why: it is a historical building. It is a, a historical figure. If something happened in the United States to anything that's of that you know stature to us, <clears throat> there would be so much money thrown at it as well. Think about what would be that stature. And- think about think about the Statue of Liberty. If something happens to the Statue of Liberty, you don't think people are throwing money head over heels for that? So. Um, mm, what people I wouldn't choose think to, it what, was right, though. Well, well, what people choose to do with their money is what people choose to do with their money. I get it. Um, and so I don't want to ever have to tell people what to do with their money. However, when it comes down to the colonization of things and etc., I'm okay with everybody having their opinion, but not to trivialize what's happening there. That's still not okay. It's still something that needs to be fixed. It's still something that needs to uh, to, to be... Uh, you, you, you do need to throw money at it, essentially. The last thing I'm going to say about it, though, honestly, and this is just me, we need to fix us here. We can't be worried about anything there. So Donnie Trump over here saying that he's going to give money, that is ridiculous. I can admit that. But at the same time, I also feel like there's just a lot of different things that we can talk about. But that does not mean you take away from what happened over there. That's really it. That's the simple, simplest way I can say that. I got you. All right. Let's move to the next topic. So, um, for those of you who don't know, Wendy Williams recently filed a divorce from, you know, her estranged husband because he was doing some estranged shit with a woman <laughs> on the side. shit. With a woman on the side for a very How do you become time. estranged? Just do some estranged shit. <laughs> I should write a guidebook. Um, with that being said, uh, there is going to be a payout for that guy. For around $10 million. Um, and that guy is Kevin Hunter. Now, it, Kevin has cheated. He had a baby on the side and all this other stuff. And it's been a long time overdue. He's domestically abused her. He's done a lot of things that have been inappropriate. With all that said, our hyper good night for today on this is hyper good night to Wendy finally leaving her husband after years of him having a mistress and her knowing. And on top of that, hyper good night to. Kevin Hunter getting allegedly $10 million payout to leave the business ventures. What do you got? This is so reminiscent of the Mary J. Blige case with uh, Kendu Isaacs. Kendu, her husband of, what was it, 13 years or some odd years. Um, was your lover, yes sir? 
Scrub Terry. Who who would have thought that that would have become her life, right? So Mary J. Blige and her husband, he was her partial husband, partial manager. And he ends up stepping out on the marriage. And they probably had issues prior to that. And then all of a sudden she owes him spousal support. And I know that this is not the same case, but I feel like this payout is a lump sum of spousal support. And I feel like this is a two-part hyper good night. I feel like it's one hyper good night for Wendy leaving her husband, finding out this information about him having a relationship, and two hyper good night to the payout. For the one, I'm going to say good night because I feel like at the point where your husband has had a child with some other woman entirely and then you decide to leave after the baby is born is too late girlfriend it's never too late essentially but obviously there's been something that's been running in the situation that has not led it to the course it should be on and you've held out for way too long um two when it comes to the payout i believe that unfortunately because of the business dealings and unfortunately because kevin has been her manager this whole time that she's been building her career up from the ground up. Unfortunately, this is the price that she has to pay in order to have him not involved in her dealings in the future. And and this may be it, but I just think it's interesting how Kevin spends his money. This dude is buying Ferrari Portofinos, cars, gold cars that are 215K. The price of his son's college fund. For his new baby mama. He's wearing Fendi shirts. He's wearing all this designer clothing. Like it's just nothing. And from what I hear. From what Charlemagne says on Breakfast Club. He has no money. The only money he has is from Wendy. So with this $10 million. The way that he's spending it. I don't know how far it's going to go. Um, good luck to him. I guess. And I say that in the most sarcastic way ever. I feel like it's it's an unfortunate situation. I also want to bring up the fact that while we're focusing on Wendy and we're focusing on Kevin, we're focusing on this baby mama. Honestly, honestly, the person that I feel the worst for is Wendy's son. First of all, he has his dad's full name. He's a junior and he's living in his dad's footsteps, unfortunately, because of that. Second of all, his parents news of of their breaking up splitting up the mistress his mom being in a halfway house everything is blasted everywhere and i can't imagine being a teenager in 2019 where social media grabs information like it's nothing and and all his classmates know about his situation before he does so that's who i truly feel sorry for i'm just gonna good night the whole thing because i just feel like it's unfortunate I'm glad Wendy finally found her strength to move on, but I feel like she she could have moved on a lot earlier. Well, I'm I'm hyping it because she's finally gotten herself out of an abusive situation, and I think he was taking advantage of her for way too many years, and she let too much slide. So, frankly, this is an amazing thing that she's doing, and I'm hoping that she can keep this career up with or without him now that he's going to be out of the way, which isn't easy. That's a good way of putting it. So... For all of us, we all know, we've all heard uh, Little <laughs> little Nas X's Old Town Road. We've either heard that or we've heard Old Town Road Remix. There has been quite a good standing run that that young man has been going on. 
And I think to have two top charting singles, the original and the remix, both on Billboard, I think that says volumes about him. However, that does not mean that there's no opposition. Uh, Dave East, a New York-based rapper, um, had this to say about Old Town Road. He said, I mean, I don't know what's been happening or going on with hip-hop, but this shit is whack. <laughs> now, here's where I'm going to go with that. Avia, I'm going to start this off, but... The question is, hyper good night to the backlash that has been received by Dave East for calling Little Nas X's Old Town Road. What say you? I believe that everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I also believe that with every opinion and every reaction to something, there could potentially be a reaction. I think what is taking place here is Dave East is just vocalizing his opinion. I don't have a problem with you vocalizing your opinion. Mm -hmm. However, you have to be mindful of the opinion you put out there in the world, especially when there there's other forces trying to force this little guy out of a good situation. What do you mean by other forces? The, the country music genre is being controlled by Billboard to, to basically dictate who belongs on that chart or not. Right. And they want to get that little boy out of the paint. Right. And you're giving them further ammunition by doing what you do. Does that make sense? You're giving them, you're giving the country association or the country music association ammunition. To go against you, to oppose you. By who doing who is? Do. Lil Nas X. Okay. And the more you do, the more they're going to want to take away from you. And then you have somebody like Dave East, who's supposed to be in your corner, supposed to be bigging up another young black male, mm -hmm. is basically tearing you down and basically telling you, go fuck yourself. Did he really you know, say, go fuck you know, yourself, No, though. but he's basically saying, get this bullshit music out of here. All right. And who let you in with this bullshit music? All right. I was okay with the backlash. I don't want to hype this because I don't like giving people credit for backlash but i think dave kind of has to know where he stands in all of this and be mindful of his words i'm not gonna good night him but i am approving the fact that people did push on him that's what i'll say to that okay that's so wait what's what is the, the hyper good night essentially is it hyper it's hyper good night to, to, to him getting to, to dave receiving backlash for giving his opinion on the old okay road. i think i'm gonna good night this because like you said everyone's entitled to their own opinion Personally, I agree with Dave East. Not to the same level of, oh, this shit is whack, where is hip-hop going? I don't consider this hip-hop. I consider this like a hybrid of country and something else. But, um, you know, the, the Country Music Association or whatever the organization is called, if they don't want to acknowledge it as that, that's up to them. I'm not going to say it's a racial thing at all. I just think that the song is mediocre at best. <laughs> like, honestly, it's really like an interlude. Like, it's, it's like less than two minutes. I listened to the remix of Billy Ray Cyrus. To me, that sounded way better. Um, and, you know, we talk about appropriation. We talk about people appropriating our culture. We talk about people that do the things that we do and they are not us. And I feel like appropriation can be used on all fronts. And maybe there are some people in the country music genre that feel like Lil Nas is appropriating their culture. And I can see that and I can understand that. And I'm not going to not acknowledge it because it's not something black related or something that I listen to. But when I listen to it, I kind of feel like it's like a wannabe Nelly song with a chart topping country person. 
And for some reason, when Nelly does it, it works. For me, when some reason, when Lil Nas does it, it just doesn't work for me. And that's just my opinion. So I'm not gonna goodnight people for, I'm not gonna goodnight people for having an opinion about it. Like, why do we have to stand behind something just because the Country Music Association has deemed it to not be a part of their genre. And so now we feel like as a black community, we just need to stand behind it in vain like if we don't like something we just don't like it that's just what it is so good night to anyone who has backlash against davies davies was just saying his opinion and that's just what it is all right next subject so as most of you know avia went to one of the most prestigious historic black colleges known to man and what most people would call the first and the one that you should go to Howard, the HU, the HU. All right. (laughs) With that said, Howard has recently been in the news um, because some of the new locals, and if we want to call them locals and new, we're going to have to call them what they are, the new gentrifiers or white people have came in and they would like to use the Howard Yard for something other than it being a space for the students. As more of a, uh, I don't know, a dog park, if you will. So, Avia, can you let the people hear what one of the people who were interviewed, one of the locals, the new locals that were interviewed, had to say about this? They're in part of D.C., so they have to work within D.C. If they don't want to be within D.C., then move the campus. I think we need to work together, and I don't think it should be a he or he or they or here. It's our community, and that's how it should be. I get All right. Before we go into the hyper good night on this, I just want to state this one thing. I understand anybody moving into a new area, they feel like we should all be one community. But man, that's a lot. That is a lot. So with that being said, Avia, <sighs> hyper good night to the new local gentrifiers coming into the D.C. area and telling the Howard students, hey, we want to be able to use your yard as a dog park. Anyone who knows, logically speaking, I'm going to good night it. Right. I'm going to good night it. And that's not me saying that white people should not be allowed on the yard. It's me just saying the yard is there for a purpose and that's not what the purpose is. The purpose is not for you to do your um, early morning workout and late night workout in the middle of the yard while kids have to go to class. The yard is not there for you to have your little French bulldog poop next to the AKA tree. Like, it's a yard of a campus of a black university. And I can understand why kids are upset. If you think about what's happened with Howard in the last couple of years, and this is something that I did not have to go through going to Howard because I went to Howard a couple of years after the sniper. I went to Howard a couple of years after 9-11. I went to Howard at a time where Howard was in a very black area of DC and no white person would ever feel safe living across the street. So I did not have to deal with the things that these kids are dealing with now where they have white high school students walk across the yard in MAGA hats and try and go to the calf. Or they have these gentrifiers try to complain about the Metro PCS store down the block that blasts go-go music and has been since 1995. Oh yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, and now we have other people who are living, now we have other people who are living in the surrounding areas 
where I know that my old crew would live back when we were in college and they're filling up these row houses and they're using Howard as their personal place of doing all their extracurriculars. And that's not what it's there for. I can honestly say that someone's gonna take this the wrong way. They're gonna take this as you're saying that it's yours and it's not everyone's. That, like like what I was the guy say, said. That's exactly like what the guy said. But let's not forget, this is the same guy who just said if they don't like it, they should move the campus. There is a sense of I wanna have the conversation with you before you move on. Okay. Because I don't wanna necessarily hyper good night this because mine is automatically a good night. But but I really wanna I wanna have that part of the conversation with you. Is there something to what he's saying there when he says that we're all a part of the same community and therefore we all share this space? Is there anything to that? Is there any validity to that? I think there's validity to it. I just think that there needs to be a sense of respect. And if, if you're going to use it as a dog park, maybe you're not picking up your dog poop all the time. I've never had to walk from class to class and see dog poop on my way there. So if people are feeling like, wow, they're using our yard as a dog park because now I see all these random dogs everywhere or now I see dog shit everywhere when we used to have like perfectly cut grass in place of this or now I see a group of people holding a yoga class on the side. Like I don't know what's going on because I'm not there. I'm just imagining what could be going on for people to be up in arms. And all I'm saying is that and this is going to sound a certain way, but I went to Howard for a specific reason, and it's to be amongst people that looks like me. And let me okay. No, you, no. Let me let but you the finish. the thing the thing that irks me is that when you have when you have parts of a neighborhood gentrifying, this happens all the time. People move in to a neighborhood that has that has no one else that looks like them and they want to change it and they want to change it to mold it around what they want and so that's why you have this guy saying well if they don't like what we did us moving in and doing these things they should move the campus also now there's a sense of entitlement of now that i live here if you don't like what i do you should change and that's what i don't agree with and so when i say there needs to be a sense of respect it's not about if you can't change for me, for us to be a community, then you should move. But that that is what he's saying. That's what I have an issue with. We can be a community, but you should not have to change something that's been there for more than two hundred more than 150 years and say that the students here need to work around us as new locals okay. in order for us to be a community. Let and me that's play, what he said. Let me play white devil's advocate. So, okay. Would you feel the same way if this was a white campus in reverse? You were a black person that moved in and they just happened to have one of those old statues up mm -hmm. where it's like a, you know, a, a southern general. Mm -hmm. Would you be like, I mean, y'all need to knock that statue down because now I live across the street. Would you? But would you? No. Would you feel like you should do that though? Honestly, you wouldn't feel like they should take that shit down, or we should be a, we should be a community so y'all can respect honest, me. It is sad, but being black in America, we have to teach ourselves to become immune to certain things. Unfortunately, because if we don't, there's no way we could live in this country. So I see racist uh, statues all the time. Like that's not a thing. If completely I completely unbothered. If I see it, it's like completely unbothered. Whatever. My life is gonna <laughs> go on. I still gotta pay rent at the first of the month. You know what I'm saying? So it, and I'm not trying to 
trying to trivialize it. All I'm trying to say is, as black people, we are not afforded the opportunity or the ability to be like, you need to change around us. So when we go to a black university, we are finally in a place where where the environment is catered to us for once in our life. And that's what I mean when I say I went to Howard for a reason because for four consecutive years of my life, I felt like I was at home. I felt like I was in a place where this environment is catered specifically to me because I'm black and I will never ever get this again in life. I agree, okay, I agree with the point of there is a reason why this space was created. I agree with the point that, you know, there are things that were the way they were before, and we'd like to keep some of those things the way they are for the student body in itself. Mm -hmm. However, I just wanted to bring up the conversation around him saying what he said as we're all a part of DC, we're all a part of this community, and we all should actively work together. What he said at the end, you're absolutely right. The whole push of, well, they can they should move the camp, which is I don't know. That's so when you tie in, they should move the, the campus. That, to, we should be a community. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's almost like he's saying, uh, yeah. in order for us to be a community, y'all need to assimilate to us the way that you have to assimilate to white people in life every single day. And that's not what we went to Howard for. And I'm getting heated because there's a reason why Howard is there. There's a reason why Howard is one of the most notable black universities. We take pride in the school that we go to. I'm sorry, I just I hijacked thought, your I whole thought, thing. I thought it was just because you went there, but you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, and I, I'm sorry for hijacking your whole thing, but honestly, like DC is a very political place to be. You have a president that's down the block that is stripping rights away from human beings and minorities every single day. So it's almost like I can understand why kids would feel like, damn, this is the only thing we got right now is Howard. Because in that real world out there, I don't know how things are by the time I leave here. But while I'm here, I want to make sure I have the best experience possible where I don't have to deal with certain things like that. All right. So that was a lot. And Avia gave her point, and since I agree, I'm not going to belabor the point. Let's get to your Black Car Revoke. Y'all know how I feel about Black Car Revoke. And if y'all don't know what Black Car Revoke is, it is our segment around us talking about things that may potentially get our Black Car removed because, you know, there are stereotypically things that Black people are known to do and stereotypical things that they are known to be attracted to. However, both of us have things about ourselves that do not correlate with that. So, Avia, it's your turn today. Fill us in. All right. So, for my Black Car Revoked, I just want to say, you know, Christ has been resurrected recently. <laughs> I just had to introduce that in. Um, with the passing of Easter, Okay. there's a lot of things that happen. Um, for me, what happened was I was now allowed to be back on Instagram again. And that was a big thing for me because I got rid of it for Lent. Like I got rid of it completely off my phone. She's not 40 lying, days. by the way. She's not lying. And to this, to this moment, I'm still not on it because I'm scared. But I digress. Other things that happened on Easter was that people went to church. My black car revoked today is that I don't go to church. At all? I go when I feel like it. So when I say I don't go to church, it's not that I have anything against church. It's just that I can't tell you the last time I've been. You don't go on Easter Sunday ever? And that's another thing. So I bring up Easter to say, I go to church when I feel like 
the spirit moves me to go to church. And I mean that in all honesty, I'm not trying to be funny about it. Like I I have to in- internally and mentally and emotionally be wanting and willing to be there for me to go. I don't force myself to go every Sunday like some black people do because it was instilled in them as a, as a child. And I also am not one of those people who goes on Easter to show face and take up seats in the pew that were normally taken up by people that go every Sunday. I also don't go on New Year's Eve. I feel like me going to church on holidays or Mother's Day or anything where it seems like this is the time to go feels fraudulent as hell. And I personally would not feel right within myself doing that. So does that mean a part of you feels like certain people are hypocrites when they do that? Or is this you personally? Hell yeah. I'm sorry. Heck yes. (laughs) You have no... That's how you can tell I don't go to church. Go off Um, I will say this. I was raised Catholic. I went to CCD, Sunday school, all that. By the time I got into uh, high school, I would be going to church with my friends who were raised Baptist. And if you go from Catholic church to Baptist church, the difference is a lot more soulful songs and it's an additional four hours. Um, (laughs) So, but I enjoyed myself, right? Um, By the time I became an adult, I just felt like, I would, it's a process to find a church that you like, and I didn't feel like going through that process. Um, And at this point in my life now, if I do go to church, it's because I have to feel it within me for me to go. I don't look down on anyone else who does what I do, and I hope that anyone who goes to church every Sunday doesn't look down on me, because I've come to this realization that religion is man-made. I think that's one thing that people tend to choose to forget, is that religion in itself is man-made, and what whichever religion you choose to claim and whatever you choose to do within it is because someone has told you this is the way it has to be done. Me, myself, and I, I personally have a, a personal relationship with God, um, and I don't need church to validate that for myself. Ooh, you coming with it today. I didn't know. That you, ooh, ooh. I'm not trying to offend anyone because I know some people will be offended, but I don't think you need church to, to have God. And if you do need church to have God, then maybe something's wrong. That's just the way I feel. I did not expect you to come in that hot at the end of that. No. I, did. I wasn't trying I, to come in hot. I'm just saying, like, this is, I I don't judge people for things. And I feel like there's a lot of people that go to church that are very self-righteous. And they feel like they're walking in in the, in the walking in line with the Lord. Was, and they're doing it, like, on, on some surface level type of stuff. Not because they internally actually feel it. You know what I'm saying? This is what I really want this to be an episode we do. Like this feels like a, an episode that needs to happen. Like Sunday soul service with Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear my fifty dollar church socks and my two hundred and fifty dollar church sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm down. I'm so down. <laughs> yeah, we could do it. Yeah, we. This will be a coming episode. We need to touch base on this. Let, yeah. Let's talk about church. Let's talk about all these things. Let's, let's do it. Let's unpack that a little bit more on another episode. All right. With that said, let's get to the main topic of today. I, I'm still blown away. Good black card revoked from you. Thank Very you. Very good black card revoked. Thanks. A lot of people are going to revoke you and re- rebuke you after this that's, is over, that's but that's fine. fine. God, God still loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Won't he do it? Um, <laughs> he will. So our, our main topic of the day today is around pursuing after rejection. So I have stories about this that I've 
heard from others and made me aware of something that not that I don't not that I wasn't aware that this happens to women and not that I had like been blinded to it but I just assumed that women would I don't know say something one time and guys would be like you know what she just ain't about me and kind of just move on not in the club setting but in like just actual life like in the club in setting, I expect no, but on. I, I no, but I, I know in a club setting, guys will just keep following you around. You're like, I don't want, I don't want anything from you. And don't let them buy you a drink; they own you for the whole night. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, but in, the, but I'm talking about, let's say numbers are exchanged. You guys are feeling one another, and then eventually you pull the plug on it. I just assume guys accept the plug being pulled. Mm-hmm. I am wrong. I am. I stand corrected. And the instance that I'm about to bring up is one of the things that made me go, I, we have to talk about this because I want an understanding from you as a woman when these things happen, what's going through your mind, and then how do you deal with these things? And then also, I want to be able to speak on the guy perspective because I've heard from guys what happens in this and why they act the way they act. Mm, and it I makes would be me interested in knowing that. And it, I shouldn't say this, but it annoys me because I'm like, what? And I guess I'm too simple. I'm just way too cut and dry with things. So I said all that to hype this up to to get to the point. So here's the story. Somebody I know was dating someone for around five months or so. And it had went its course and she pulled the plug. She completely pulled the plug on him. When you say dating, you mean boyfriend and girlfriend? No. No. They're talking. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They were not boyfriend. She made it clear, like, in terms of being exclusive, it takes her a while to get there. He understood. He was like, okay, Mm -hmm. wait that out. But he made it very clear, though, he wants to go that route with her. Mm. Expectations were set. They would see each other anywhere from two to three times a week. And to me, that's very relationship-y. Yeah. It's almost like there's no room for anyone else in this situation, I would say. Like, you're clearly only dating each other. I don't know. You can't say that. No, because you're right, because there's, no... there's still three or four more days in the week. Hello? So, <laughs> so ultimately, what ends up taking place is he notices that she's becoming a little distant in like month five. And so she, she calls him and is like, oh, I, I want to just talk and let's talk about something. And of course, that conversation leads her to say, you know, I need more time for me right now. I can't give that time to both of us. I'm not really interested in having like a committed situation. This guy's a hopeless romantic, by the way. Mm. So he would do whatever it is that she would need him to do. All she had to do is communicate that. I think because they were so young, mind you, both of them being 25 and 26, respectively, I think that plays into this and it also plays into her decision. Like, I don't want this right now. Mm. And that's fine. She, she, that's she, that new, new millennial, millennial <laughs> thinking. No, but that <laughs> things happen. Yeah. She says, this isn't going to work. He takes it on the chin and is like, man, I really, really like you. And she, he's like, but was there something about me that didn't do it? He's, she's like, no, it wasn't you. It's just, it's me. Oh, God. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Okay. Fast forward a few months later. He's been trying to date other people. Finally, he meets someone else. He meets someone else. They start seeing each other for like, I don't know, two weeks. Two weeks. And that girl, the new girl, 
comes in and says, I'm not looking for anything serious and I prefer to take it slow. Understood, he goes, understood, that's fine. But then she pulls it okie doke. And this happens, this is re relative. She basically is like, well, can we see each other tonight? Like hits him up randomly, like, can we see each other? And they, they end up going on like three dates within one week. They did stuff in during these dates. You know, you know what I mean by stuff. Um, they had relations? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. Oh, okay, let's clarify for the people. Yeah, that happened in the first week. And then oh, wow. the second week, they see each other twice. Oh, wow. But That's not a wow. I just want to do the Jess the Mess voice. Okay. <laughs> in the second week, same thing. They, they see each other twice. And then out of nowhere, she's like, I want you to meet my friends on like a Friday. So they've already seen each other at this point five times. And then this, this would have been the sixth time. Friday early during the day, she calls him and says, I can't do this. I think we've been moving too fast. And this is basically like the second go round of something like this happening to him where just out of the blue. And he's like, what? So she's like, well, I just can't. And he's like, well, you really need to explain yourself because it wasn't me who was pursuing additional dates in the week. It was you. I didn't ask her all that. You did. You went out of your way to have these things. So what the hell is this? She's like, you seem very defensive. Now, in his defense, of course he should seem very defensive because this feels like it's a gut punch. So she basically gives him the same thing. Like, well, I just felt like we were moving too fast and I don't like moving that fast. So this is just something that's on me. Again, not you. It's me. He stops talking to her and is, is kind of hurt, but let it go. Three days later, he reaches out to the other girl. He reaches out to the one that told him it wouldn't be anything, that he was dating for five months. And he's just like, oh, how are you doing? What's up? She's like, oh, I'm chilling. He's like, want to link up? She says, sure. Now, I don't know who's wrong in that. I just know. Both of them. I just know I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Pandora's box being open. That's what it is. So they link up and he asks her a question that made me fucking cringe. Fucking cringe. He says to her while they're out, they're not on a date because he's not paying for her food. She's paying for her own food. He just told her let's link. And that's how that was. It's supposed to be like a friend link up thing. However that works for them. But he says to her in a question, so, you know, do you ever see us, you know, trying it again? She's like, I mean, you know, you never know. With a shrug, like not jokingly. You know, you never know with a shrug. What the I'm I'm listening to him tell me this story and I'm I'm like confused all around. And he was hype about this, by the way. Hype. In his mind, this is happening again. He's like, you know, it's coming. Like, like it's winter. Like this is Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. No, motherfucker, is not. I want to ask you this. And because this is this is where the story ends. Because me and him are talking and he wanted to know my opinion. And I didn't give him my opinion. I came to you first before I'm ever giving him my opinion, actually. <laughs> What was she doing was by she linking doing? up with him? Again, what is she doing? What is she trying to prove? Wait, why is the onus on her as I'm far asking, as what no, is but she I'm doing asking as, you, as opposed to what was no, he doing? No, but I'm asking you with the woman's perspective. I okay. want to understand because I'm never going to get the chance to talk to her. Okay. I know. Like, I'm able to pick his brain. I can't talk to her. Hold on. Let me teleport her energy into my mind so I can regurgitated back out hold on help me hold on help me i think it, i think it could be a couple of things honestly um i think she really likes him i think that that's definitely a fact not possible 
If you really like I mean, somebody, she, she likes she likes the time that they spend. Oh. I'll say that. Oh. Um, but I feel like in order to like the time that you spend with someone, you have to like them to a certain extent. Okay. She just doesn't want him right now as her man. I don't know if she doesn't want a relationship, period, or she just doesn't want him to be her man. Clearly, she doesn't want him to be her man. Clearly. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think that she met up with him because a lot of times people like being around people that like them. Like they like feeling liked. They like feeling wanted. They like having that reassuring feeling of someone actually like bumping up their 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 ego in a way. Oh, this is some real selfish shit. Yes, continue. Super Give me selfish. more of this selfish it's shit. It's super selfish. But if if you think about it, the reasons that they both met up were probably selfish to each to themselves. He wants he fair. wanted to meet up with her in hopes that he could like open Pandora's box and reopen those lines of communication with her and try and get her to see him like, hey, you know, I've been missing from your life a couple of weeks, some months, whatever. Like, do you think there's hope? Like, he, his his notion for, for wanting to get with her was selfish on his end because he wanted to know if she had changed his mind about him. She probably got up with him on a selfish notion of, you know, I know he likes me. And, you know, maybe in her guy's situation at that point, she wasn't feeling the love from whoever she was getting it from. And this was one person that she knows that she was going to get that energy from. Bullshit. That's and she bullshit. Wanted, and Not she bullshit wanted, what you're saying. And she wanted but... to be in that energy. And Well, let me ask you this. Couldn't it just flat out be, and maybe what you're saying coincides with this. Couldn't she just be bored? And she's like, okay, I can that just do this. That could be it too. Period. I'm just bored and you're, the, you're around. So, That all could right, be cool. it too. But I think that... And you know, I, I don't know. Everyone's not the same when they're bored, but I would like to think that if someone's bored, they're they're putting their energy towards something that they feel like they're getting something out of. So she's not just bored and just hanging out with Joe Schmo. She's bored and she's hanging out with a dude that she knows likes her, and she likes that feeling of being liked, admired, whatever the case is. And it sounds like this dude is just fawning over her. Like what she, bothers me, right? And so people like being, they like having that energy. But you don't like him. So that doesn't make sense. She's 25, so she's not thinking ahead. She's not thinking, hey, if I hang out with him this one time, and if I say, oh, we'll see, I don't know, leave leave the, leave the, the answering to his question super vague, I am now making him hold on to that last strand of hope. And I am now prolonging this situation longer than it has to go. And I'm taking five steps backwards from the thing that I initially told him before, which is I don't see us together. But if you don't like him, isn't it a waste of your time and his time to even link up? Because then at that point, you're like, okay, I'm just, why would I link up with you? I'm, I'm she wasting She may have time. gotten exactly what she wanted out of that link up, which is she could have been bored. She wanted, she wanted to hang out with someone who she felt that that energy from or got that attention from. And she got exactly what she wanted. If anything, he wasted his time for sure. For sure. So attention is that important? For some people, it is. For some people, it is. Think about those people that go from relationship to relationship. Or think about those people that always have someone. Like They always have someone. Those are the people that need attention. They crave it. Let me ask you this. Do you think she was using him? When? When she met up with him? Yes. Or the five months that they were... No, this meet up specifically. Oh, she, she, yeah, definitely. Great. Now, definitely. that five months then, because you... Here's my opinion, because I haven't given it to him yet, but this is what I want to say. But I want to hear from you if I'm like way off base. 
that first five months, she was just using you because she didn't want to look for anything else. Um, I'm not sure if that's what it was. Five months? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying no. I'm not sure if that's what it was. All I'm saying is that I think she was having fun with him. This is just my opinion which based is using, off of your story. Which is using. No, having fun with someone is not necessarily using them. What is it? If you guys are both collectively having fun... You're not using. Not when the other person your... tells you that they like you like that. Okay, so, so you at can't what say point it's did fun. you tell her that? Month three. Month three. Okay, so after month. Okay, there's a real crime in Harlem right now. I think we need to figure out what that is. It's that girl using, <laughs> using dudes. Yes. See what happens when you use <laughs> use dudes, girls. Watch out. You may be in the stretcher. No. So wait, no. Um, so I would say after month three, if she still continued continuing to hang out with them then yes she would be using him but prior to him engaging with her letting her know this is exactly how i feel about you and she knew she didn't feel the same way we can't we can't hold her accountable for those three months where she was having a good time he was having a good time and that wasn't discussed why can't we hold her accountable because it wasn't discussed yet it wasn't discussed where but that, that was mean going she's not using him it doesn't necessarily mean that she's not using him, but it doesn't mean that she was. You get what I'm saying? I think that. And I, let me ask you this, because you know this person. Does he give off a thirsty energy? Because if not we, around other women. That's what. That's why I don't like this. I'm like, you can get. I know how he flirts, he, and I know that he can get. This is what bothers me. I know you can get some somebody else. I know. I've watched you have in you action. Have you seen him with someone that he likes? Nah. Now, someone being around someone that they like could bring on a certain sort of energy than some other random girl that they're just like chopping up with, flirting with for the moment or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. And, that's I, fair. and I feel like, due to law of attraction, it's funny. A lot of people like things that they cannot attain. Whether it comes to people, whether it comes to things, whether it comes to situations. If this girl at any given point felt like, oh, I got this guy under, under, like I got, I got him already. Like I can already tell by the energy that he gives off. So that let he me wants use him, me. right? So let me use him. Well, at the point where she may have gotten that energy, I can understand that being a using situation. But that's why I was asking, does he give off that energy? And if we don't Not know around, that, well, I don't know how he acts around girls he likes. Right, I just know right. how good he is talking to women in general and mm. how. He could get a number like it doesn't. I've watched him way so too many times. So if he can get anyone, I guess That's the why real question is why sense. is he so stuck on a girl he's known for two weeks or a girl that he's been with for five months and like why does he feel like there aren't any more fish in the sea in New York City? That's my. That's been my. It's crushing me on the inside knowing that. I'm like, you can go get a whoever. Why are you still infatuated with that, though? You know what Specifically it is. Specifically the five-month one. Well, you know, well, well I'll, I'll say this, though. I, I have guy friends who absolutely, positively hate dating. They hate getting to know someone, the whole getting to know you conversation, the whole filling them out, seeing where their head is at. And they hate the process of having to do that over and over and over again. I think everybody for the most part hates that after the age of 30, by the way. 
No. I think I, most people. I get that. But I have guy friends who just, they never really enjoyed it. They were more into being with the person that they liked. And they were more into being in a relationship. And I'm wondering if maybe that's the case for him. Where he feels like, I have this connection with this person. And I don't want to look to see if I can find this same connection with somebody else. And after five months, I feel like you can tell if you have a connection with someone. Or you feel like you and that person gel on the same on the same page. I've been in situations where I've had a connection with people and they did not want to be in a relationship and I had to move on. Yes. So just because... And you weren't... Guess what you weren't doing? But... What? Harping. No, of course. Of course. So guess why you weren't harping? Because you know you could potentially do something else and he knows he could potentially get something else. None of this shit makes sense why you would be stuck on somebody who doesn't give a fuck about... Sorry for going off. Sorry. (laughs) But let me tell you, guys do this all the time. Guys always re-exercise their options. The same options. Like, they always recycle their old options. It happens Okay, please fill me in on this. Please fill me in on this. So, wait, 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 wait. If y'all ain't talked in six months, he reaching out to you six months later? I had a situation today. Please, please give me this. I have, what, what I, have, is- I have a guy friend who we've been cool for some time now. And he wanted to like, all of a sudden, like a few years ago, he wanted to like explore like us, you know, moving towards a relationship. When we were never on that wavelength whatsoever, Uh-oh. ever in life. Okay. And we, I personally, I attempted it, but I just did not feel the... It wasn't there. It wasn't there for me. You, like, you ain't really like, was, you ain't really so, like him like that? Not like that, like that. <laughs> you know, like a friend like that, but not like that. Sorry. You know? <laughs> he was so deep in the friend box that I would have had to like... I don't know what I would need to dig them out, honestly. And it, the way that my mind works, once I put you in a box, unfortunately, that's where you stay. So it would have taken a lot of undoing of my mentality of what I thought about him to even consider him to be something else for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we we tried. I, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling that's it. That's fair to me. And today, and I... And, Unfortunately, because of that, I feel like our friendship suffered to the point where I stopped really reaching out to him and he wasn't really reaching out to me because we were not on the same page. And I feel like, you know, his feelings may have been hurt a little bit. And I I felt bad because I never wanted our friendship to ever get to that point. And it only got to that point because he wanted to try something new with me. And so even today, you know, I reached out to him because I, I actually thought about him. And I, I, I miss him having as a I miss having him as a friend. I reached out to him and he's still on this wavelength of, yeah, I was trying to get at you and you didn't want me, da da da. He had just gotten out of like a situation ship and um he was just like, yeah, you know, talking about that whole thing. And we we used to always talk to each other about our guy and girl situations. And so he was telling me about this situationship he was in and how it didn't work out. And I was just like, well, you know, it sounds like you're doing a lot for this person. It sounds like you really um, changed a lot of your own ways for this person. Because I never heard of doing, I never, I never heard of him doing certain things like compromising and stuff like that with anybody before. And he said something like, well, maybe this situation made me better for you. And I was just like, bruh. <laughs> It's true. 
I was like, we really got to go back to that, though. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it he, he and he reiterated in a different way and was bringing up like and old it didn't, stuff. But it didn't do anything. Like you were like, mm, still didn't change my thoughts. I wasn't reaching out to him to 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 rehash where we left off. I was reaching out to him so that we could be cool again, like and have conversation again. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I mean. A man will always have it in their mind. I don't. I won't say all men. But it seems like from what I've experienced, men always have it in their mind that once they have dealt with someone to whatever extent, that person is always a possibility for them. Always. But you don't think that's what women do too when they have a black, little black book? Listen, I've heard from men that women do it. I may be cut from a different cloth and that's not me tooting my horn. I'm just saying I don't do it. I will never... Be that person that's like, and this is my situation with my friend is an anomaly because he was actually my true friend before we even tried anything. But anyone I've ever talked to in the past, I would never hit them up off of some, I'm trying to, you know, re-engage with them on, on the levels that we were years ago. I would never say, oh, so-and-so, I passed by your apartment today and I thought about you. Hey, like, we should get up. <laughs> what? <laughs> And we haven't spoken for like a year. Hey, such and such. Guys will find a reason to get up with you. Hey, so I saw your friend so-and-so at the store. How are you? How's things been? How's life? And they hope that that conversation um, transpires into like actually, you know, physical, like seeing each other and everything like that. And then maybe that transpires to hanging out more and re-entering themselves and reinserting themselves back into the girl's life. It happens all the time. And I'm not saying it's a man thing. I'm just saying that because I deal with men, I see how much it happens with me. And I'm just like, bro, lose my number. <laughs> like, I ha- I've, I've had two phones since the last time we texted. I don't even have our old text exchange anymore. Like, why? You know what I'm saying? That's what I don't understand. And maybe you can fill in that blank for me. Because you said that you you have that perspective. And I know you, Law. You would never do that. But Hell no. So, exactly. In any co- exactly. Listen, man. I don't have that in me. No. I know you don't care enough. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There has to be a certain level of care to even put that pride aside. Or the, that to put the logic aside. And be like, I'm about to hit up this person I haven't spoken to in a year just because I saw a purple balloon fly by and I know that that's her favorite color. These are the things people come up with as reasons to reach out. Oh, I thought I saw someone on the train that looked like you. Reasons. Reasons that people reach out. You know damn well that's not me. So, (laughs) So based on... A few things that when I talk to guys, and one of my friends is a psychologist, so I talk to him about it too. Um, Perfect person. Right. I talk to him. I talk to a couple of my guy friends that I know are still kind of stuck on certain people. You mm. know who you are, and I know you're listening. But mm. I'm not saying anybody's names. <laughs> they know who they are. And they know. And they feel real uncomfortable know. right now because they think that I know who they are and I don't. <laughs> so... There is something in our society where men 
and males in general tend to take rejection as a challenge of their masculinity. Mm, they like the word no, right? Or as an insult to their perceived place in our social hierarchy. Now, the the problem is women are likely to feel emotionally hurt by rejection and to assume that there's something lacking in them. Um, but men, for whatever reason, aren't in the same vein encouraged to kind of get over it or, you know, get past it. They're encouraged more often to get even. Is actually. that what the psychologist said? Mm-hmm. To get even? Yeah, socially. It's like you'll you'll show her when you da 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 da. Or you know what I mean? It's always like oh, back then she didn't want me. Now I'm hot. Yeah. I wanna see if she's all on me. You'll prove you'll prove it out. She'll be back on you kind of thing. It's not you. It's her, so don't worry. You'll be good. You'll show her up. Like, reality needs to set in, though. She just wasn't fucking with you, bro. Mm. Like, can you just accept she wasn't fucking with you? How hard is that? And ultimately, it's really hard because when it comes down to those societal pressures and you have to be that bravado, that over-hyper-masculine guy in front of your guy friends, what are you telling them happened with you and that girl? Oh, gosh. The lies they tell, ladies. The lies I know. they and, tell. And, and wait, we I was trying to have open discussions with my guy friends. Like, don't let's just be honest. What happened in this? Like, give me the real. Now I'm not gonna bring up anybody's situation because I know you heard people listening. But one of the situations in specific, it was obvious to me that he was lying to me specifically about mm. what happened to him. It was, Why was obvious. It, obvious? it was obvious because I've met the girl, I knew the girl personally. And me and her weren't friends, but I know how she reacts to things. She's not that up and down and not that over-voiceless person who gets all sensitive and emotional that he's making her out to be. So I had a... probably her. Yes! She's probably the sensitive, really emotional one. That ended up being the reality of it. But he didn't tell me that for two years. Wow. Motherfucker, I knew. Right. (laughs) I was like, like, I'm your friend. I know that you're that person. (laughs) Right. I'm like, come on, man. Just be honest. I'm like, what happened? And so one day while he's drunk, we have the real conversation. And he opens up the floodgates and was honest about it. And I'm not going to get into details of that. But it made me look at things as if I was like, this this is a bigger thing. First, you don't feel like you could just be honest about what's happening to you and about your feelings to your guy friends. And that's sad because I'm never going to judge you for that. Hashtag pride. uh, Yeah. And secondarily... It shouldn't take liquid courage to bring that out of you to have that conversation. Wow. It shouldn't. It just shouldn't. You should be able to have that conversation. But then that goes into something else my friend, who's a psychologist, talked about. He basically said men are socialized to keep certain things to themselves and bottle those things in. And socialized to believe that them being at all vocal about their emotions or expressing themselves in a way... Makes them look weak. Exactly. I just want to get the and, and dispel the notion that you look weak with it. I don't think that that's true. I don't think that anybody would judge you for having that that feeling because it's real. Like feelings are meant to be explored, expressed, and got out into the open. But at the same time, when you're dealing with rejection, you can't allow societal pressures to dictate how you feel about you. You know you personally. And yes, you might have to take that on the chin. Like, she doesn't like me like that for whatever reason. But that can't be a thing that gets you to hit her back up trying to prove something to yourself as if it's a challenge. 
She's not challenging you, bro. She just right, it's made not it. a game. Right. She actually said no and she actually meant it. Like it's not on some oh, I'm playing hard to get. <laughs> God. This is not that hard. I but I think that um I think that to your to what you're saying about men talking to their their guy friends about their girl situations and not keeping it real. If everyone kept it real, more people would feel comfortable keeping it real. That's really all it is. If if everyone in your guy group or whatever kept it real about what they were going through with, with women, they would realize everyone's pretty much going through similar things or they have gone through similar situations and they're not alone. No no guy wants to feel like all my friends are winning except for me when it comes to women. Right. And if guys are playing this, um, who's the biggest dude, like who 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 can bag the most chicks game, and that's what it's all about, no one's ever going to keep it real. Well, do you know why this competition exists even further? Because, and this is, comes from my psych, psychology friend, he basically said, think about these social experiments we're playing every day with our masculinity. And I was like, like what? Because I'm not playing anything. I'm fine. I don't. He's like, no, we've all dabbled in it. And the way that he worded it was like, um, he's like, research basically points to socially, if we if we feel in the social space that we've been rejected at all, we basically are, we start to lower our standards in a way. So, so as to pursue the social acceptance. And I was like, as in what? He's like, think about those guys who all night long have been trying to hit on all these women and nothing's really come about. At the end of the night, what is that guy doing to close the deal out? What? How far will he go in terms of lowering his standards to get whatever it is that he needs to be socially accepted? And I was like, oh, damn. I got it right away after that. What is that? Like, imagine you've been rejected all night. You're drunk. Other girls are drunk. You could take the ugliest motherfucker in the room, the most non-attractive to you person in the room, but at that point, it's all about closing the deal. So whatever I got to do to close that motherfucking deal, I'm going to close that motherfucking deal. And he's like, that happens in all stages of life, at all different ages, in all different ways. So ladies, if a guy's talking to you at the end of the night, just know you're the ugliest girl in the room. No, it's I'm, not I'm, a, kidding. I'm no, kidding. I'm no. kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Kidding. No. <laughs> um, but when when it comes down to us being in that mindset, it is competitive. It does feel like our masculinity is on the line for whatever reason, even though inherently it's not. And in reality, it's not. We do that to ourselves. And in the case of being rejected so much, you want to balance that out in your mind. No, I the, I get that. The the difference is when it's not in that club setting, it's not at night, and it's with somebody that you genuinely like, and this is again according to him, he's like, we go out of our way to try to find something to replace that. And guys will act like they don't, but they do. They'll try to find something to replace that. It could be a quick lay. It could be somebody who stimulates them mentally. It could be somebody who is just more of a trophy to them. Whatever that is to, to kind of align with one of the things that that other thing represented to them. So let's say the other girl had five traits that you really like. So the girl he was dating for five months, she had five traits. He's going to find one of those traits in somebody and pull that thing through and be like, I'm going to be with her right now 
And I don't care if that's for the next hour, the next day, the next two weeks, whatever. But this is to make myself feel better because she's accepting of me. Which doesn't or to really... make yourself feel worthy of someone who has to, a trait that's but it, great. It's to get that social acceptance. And, and that's using. Hello? It's going to using. Right. Fair. <laughs> and then going back into this, though, if you yourself are reaching back out, what reason are you reaching back out to that person for? Is it because you genuinely believe that that's the right person for you when they've already told you that we're not? Or is it because you feel like socially you need to find acceptance from that person so that you can validate yourself again? Or is it that you need socially to have that acceptance from your friends to prove that you're not some bum, some guy that can't keep up, some guy that doesn't actually meet her standards? What are you doing it or for? Or maybe it's really just a simple, simplistic thing of you really, really like that person and you've yet to meet a girl that has matched that person. Even if that is the case, even if that's the case, you cannot act as if what she said means nothing. Because she made it very clear that this wasn't going to work. Yeah, it wasn't going to work at that time, but now time has passed. And, and, and time and the, for a man means everything because now it means maybe that's how she felt then. and Maybe she feels differently now. And it doesn't matter if it's been two weeks or two years. It, for some reason, I feel like there's this extra gene in a man. Hey, it may just be the Y chromosome that makes men feel like there's always a chance. It doesn't matter who it is, what their circumstance is, there's always a chance. And I honestly, as you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, men love options. They love feeling like they have options. They can choose this wait person, this person, or but, this person. But wait, before you go that far, mm -hmm. he doesn't even want a fucking other option. He didn't really want another option. He just wanted that. That thing. Well, yeah. So that in his situation, he just wanted that. And but I'm saying in general, when these men are reaching out to me after a year, after six months, after whatever, I have to take a step back and be like, what is this man's motivations? Really? Because it, is it the fact that he wants me or is it the fact that someone else that he was dealing with, it didn't work out with them and now he feels like, Oh, you know, maybe Avi is available and that's just what it is. And I never want to be someone's second option, last resort, well, none of that. what you should know about it is, it's the challenge. Yes, it is the challenge. It and the unfortunately, challenge. every time a girl says no, it perpetuates the challenge. Yes. So the, the law of attraction is flicted. But I do want to say, back to my point about... Uh, the options things, and this is not me saying that women don't like options. Yes, we do, but we Hell also yeah. we also like finding the one as well. Like when we're ready for it, um, men, I feel like always like to see what 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 they can what they can make with someone, what they can do with someone, how far they can go with someone, and it's it's not about with one person. It's about with many people, just to see how it is. It's always this, let me just see, like I, the curiosity, right? And I think that sometimes men keep doors open in their mind for different people. So say like- they, Women do too. I'm just talking about men. Black not, book. Okay, let me just, just say, saying. let me just say, when I talk about men, I'm not saying women don't do this. Okay, fair. All right. Go <laughs> I'm just saying men seem to 
have a door for every single person they've ever dealt with. And the door is named that person. There's an Ashley. There's an Avia. There's um, a Denise. There's a Pam. There's a Keisha. And when they knock on Avia's door and she's like, eh, no, I'm sorry. Whatever. All right. Door closes. All right. Which door can I go to? Pam. Knock on that one. Things don't work out. That's the, that's the way I visualize it. It's just like, I'm going to keep every single one of these people that I've dealt with as an option just in case. You never know. And you know what happens? You know what also perpetuates this idea? Is the women who, like in your coworker's case or your friend's case, the women who actually let Pandora's box be reopened. So in her case, she agreed to meet up with him, which perpetuated the situation even more, you know? And she could have just been like, no, I don't feel like that's the right thing for us to do because I told you the way that I felt and I don't want to send mixed signals. But she has now perpetuated the situation situation even more to the point where your, your friend feels like there's another chance and this time has passed and he's thinking, he's probably thinking to himself, this is all she needed. She just needed time for me to not be there, for her to see that I is what was missing from her life. I have one last question for you regarding this, and then I will close it out and we can do do's and don'ts. And this is this is for real. If she was in a relationship, because you know this is possible At too. At the time that he reached out to her. If, if she would have been in a time. relationship mm-hmm. and he still pursued on some Drake, I'm just saying you can do better. Mm-hmm. Some of that shit. Mm-hmm. Is he then not only crossing the line, because clearly that's crossing the line, mm-hmm. but is he then the thirsty dude, stalkerish to you? Like, in your mind, what is he? Like, maybe he doesn't know you have a man, which is very possible. Mm-hmm. But he's reaching back out to you at this period. And let's say you tell him, no, nah, I'm good, I have a man. And he still continues. Is that to you harassment? Yeah. Flat out. Definitely. Right. It's like at that point, what are you expecting me to do? Cheat on my man with you? And that happens. But that wait, happens but, with men. But wait, if you respond at all, are you wrong? Should you just not respond if you have a man? You know me, I always respond. No, hold on, though. If I, if Honestly, I deem it should to be you, fit. Should, if he's like, yo, like, what you up to today? Should you ever respond to that? Like, honestly, if, if I've you have already a man. told you I have a man and you're still hitting me up like, we're on some single tip, then no, I'm not I'm not going to respond to you. Right. Because at that point I already told you what the situation is and you are really trying to break me down. That's really what it is. It's almost like a haze, like you like you're going into a sorority or something. It's like, let me see how strong you are. That's how, fair. That how is strong, a, it's a form how strong of, is your relationship? Let me see. It's a form of manipulation at that point. Right. And and I don't think that men think that ahead of time. They're not thinking that in their head as they're doing it. I just think that that's just what it is. And that is another form of a challenge. It's right. like when she's single, the challenge is she said no, and I want to make her say yes. Now she's in this relationship, and I want to see if she can leave her dude for me or maybe do some stuff with me on the side, which means that her relationship was never strong in the first place, which means I won. And these are things that I don't think men think about ahead of time. I just think that this is in, in like the subconscious of what's happening. So last question then. If he's hitting you up after all this time, in your mind, is he just using you? I don't know. And that's why I, and that's why I said, when this happens to me in real life, I have to gauge. The only way I can gauge it is by, by having a conversation to see where they're at. 
but I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is. And that's that's why I feel like when people come, blast from the past is what I call them. Everybody knows. When people, when blasts from the past come back, I always wonder, what is your motivation? That's fair. What is it? Because that's fair. Because it's a little odd that you're reaching out to me after X amount of time, which has been a long time, and there's been many men since you, and I'm sure there's been many women since me, what is going on where you felt compelled enough to reach out to me? And is it a pure motivation? Because if not, you're, 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 you're trying to win the challenge. That's really what it is. And fuck your challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is the end of our segment. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, let's get into our final segment of the day. It's the do's and the... Don'ts. I love her so much. All right, Avia, today is you giving the do's. And are you talking to men today? Listen, is that what so you're we're, we're, we're going to flip it back, guys. I know we were talking to our respective genders about the do's and the don'ts. But you know what? I felt like there were some things I had to get off my chest when it came to you men. And this is the perfect platform for me to talk about it. So we are going to flip it back. I'm going to talk about things uh, or a thing that a man should do. And Law's going to talk about a thing that a girl, woman should not do. For the do, men, when it comes to inviting a woman over to your house, yes, there is a such thing as cleaning your house up before she comes. Yes. Do not forget one thing, though. There's a thing that you should do that a lot of men forget to do, and it changes the whole dynamic of everything. And that is sweeping and vacuuming. Lawrence is laughing at me, but I can honestly say this will change the dynamic of how the stay goes when the girl comes over. Oh, God. If you live in a very nice apartment, nicely decorated, everything's cool, but you have an area rug that has yet to be vacuumed since you got it, you and the girl are Netflixing and chilling, and she has her bare feet on the rug, and she feels a hair. A long strand of hair, a hair that she knows that is not on your body, that is immediately going to tell her another woman's been here. And it's okay if another woman's been there. That's fine. But you don't want the girl to even think about another girl being there. In the same token that if a girl's in your house and she leaves like her necklace on your dresser, if another girl comes over, you know I'm going to put this necklace in a hidden place. You should be thinking the same way when it comes to your carpet, your rug, your floor. There's so much evidence of a woman being in your apartment that you just don't choose to see, but you got to hit all the corners. I can honestly say I've definitely been in a situation where I've encountered women's hair in a man's crib, and that hair could have been from three months ago. And that woman could not even be in that man's life anymore. But you know what? While I was in his house, I was thinking, I wonder when she was here. And I was thinking, was she here last night? Is she still around? Who is this person? All these thoughts. So men, just vacuum. Just sweep. Please, just do it. Oh, Jesus. Okay, uh, ladies. Um, I can't wait to talk to y'all. I haven't done this in a while. Um, my dome of the day. <laughs> what was that? Ooh, I just came back with Ooh, it. Chile. <laughs> my... My my don't for the day has to do with phone communication. And normally, I am 
all for transparency. I'm all for you follow up when you can follow up and y'all talk when y'all talk. I'm all about all of that stuff. But something happened recently where somebody young was around me and I got to see her interactions and it made me uncomfortable. It just made me uncomfortable. She did something that I feel like is a fatal sin. If you and that guy have not communicated enough, y'all have not text to establish a basis for this. Ladies, whatever you do, don't just freely FaceTime him without communicating in advance that it's going to happen. That is not for the faint of heart. That is not something you do with somebody that y'all don't have that connection with. Because something could happen like what happened with this person that I know where the guy's like, did I ever ask you to FaceTime me? Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. She said, I just wanted to see what you was doing. Uh, excuse me? I'm doing Becky over here with the good head. What's it to you? <laughs> Ladies, don't do it. Don't put yourself in this situation. Don't be the person that actually tries to FaceTime this man if y'all ain't got no connection like that. Don't mm. do that. You mm. he don't owe you anything. Y'all ain't in a relationship. What Why you doing? Oh, hello? Anyway, and that's it. Just like that, that is our show for the day. You can catch us on SoundCloud. You can catch us on Google Play. You can Instagram. Catch us on Twitter. Uh, good night.